You're listening to Agency Dealmasters, brought to you by Bridge. This week on the podcast, I have an extra special guest. Sam Budd is the founder and CEO of Buddy Media Group. And if you are interested in what it takes to build a digital-first agency at the nexus of luxury fashion, hospitality, and student attraction, then this is the podcast for you. He was present in the early days of social change, so we had a ringside seat to see how that rocket ship was built. Just a fascinating perspective that he had, and he shares what he learned from working really closely with Stephen Bartler in those early days. This is just a story of hard work, grit, determination, and commercial smarts that has seen Buddy Media achieve some tremendous results for their clients in a very short space of time. I'm not going to give this the big sell. I'm just going to say, without me keeping you in suspense any further, my conversation with Samuel Budd. My name is Nathan Anibaba, and this is Agency Dealmasters. Agency Dealmasters is a series of conversations with world-class agency leaders building great agency businesses. I believe everyone belongs in the growth journey, and this show is dedicated to the stories and the lessons of ambitious agency builders of all types by examining their history, competitive advantage, and what makes them tick. Now, let's jump in. Sam Budd is the founder and CEO of Buddy Media Group, an award-winning digital-first performance marketing agency with a specialist focus in delivering luxury, fashion, alcohol, hospitality, and student marketing programs. He was also one of the founding members of Social Chain, the award-winning agency founded by Stephen Bartlett, who also has a somewhat semi-famous podcast called The Diary of a CEO, which I'm not jealous about at all. I'm very much looking forward to the conversation. Sam Budd, welcome to Agency Dealmasters. Thank you, Nathan. It's a pleasure to be on, actually. I've been really excited to join this. I think what you're doing is really interesting. And, uh, and yes, yeah, Steve has, has certainly, uh, certainly tapped the market up with, with his podcast, but I'm excited to kind of explore everything with you today. He's doing all right. Um, <laughs> um, we'll come on to Steve Bartlett a little bit later, but I'm really excited to have you on the show. And, and thank you very much for doing this. You've got an amazing history and background. You actually started your professional life as a lifeguard of all things. How do you go from being a lifeguard to running an agency? It's a good question. Yeah, the, the lifeguard world, um, so I'm from Cornwall originally. So I grew up um, down in North Cornwall. Um, so I was kind of head lifeguard down at Pulse F, which I'm sure a lot of people will know. Yeah, it was incredible, you know, living by the sea, you know, learning how to kind of save lives and, and support people and, and, you know, have responsibility. I think from a young age, it kind of got you used to working in teams, dealing with kind of a lot of pressure um, and some pretty kind of hectic times. Um, So yeah, it kind of set me up. But actually the reason that got me into being an agency was uh, there's a company called Beach Break Live, which probably people that are in in their 30s like myself went to, Uh, but it was like this UK student marketing festival uh, and it launched in Pulse F. Uh, and we all got free tickets as lifeguards. Uh, and I ended up getting a job with Beach Break Live um, as their national promotions manager. And that's kind of what took me up into to London and, and the rest was history. So how do you go from there to becoming managing director of Social Chain USA? 
in 20, 2017. Just just give us the kind of the whistle stop tour um, of the milestones that got you into social chain, and then and then I'll, I'll ask them a few questions from there. Yeah, so I mean, I think I've always been a very driven person. You know, very competitive. You know, I used to surf competitively. Even lifeguarding requires you to be very competitive, and I've always loved sales commercials and 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 really kind of thinking about how we can drive growth wherever i am whether it's in an agency or for a brand trying to break into new markets and off the back of of uh, beach break live um the agency seed marketing agency that recently got acquired uh, by amplify uh, celia absolutely incredible founder she brought me on and i was a founding member of that and we launched uh spotify student brand manager program um as a test campaign and it was great success on the ground. And I wanted to look at how we could scale that using digital marketing. Came across Steve and Don, uh, who, were, who were working on their laptops in Thailand, um, had student problems. Uh, and I got them in on a, on a campaign. And, and I won't say how much it was, but I think they drove us, you know, about 10,000 downloads in, in one post. And, and it was using that kind of viral trend across their kind of Twitter and social accounts. And it totally blew up. And it really made me realize the power of, of that space. And, and it really excited me and what they were doing. And actually, I ended up driving more new business for Social Chain than their business directors were. Uh, and so they kind of made me an offer that I couldn't refuse. Um, and I ended up moving up and moving in with Steve and Dom uh, and becoming the business director at Social Chain in Manchester. Uh, and then, you know, through the success of the whole team uh, and, and, you know, hopefully through a lot of my experience of driving that forward, we ended up getting funding. I think it's about five million for the initial seed funding, launched that into Germany, um, which Steve and I did, which is, was absolutely crazy. And then ended up moving out to the US um, where I became the MD. Um, and yeah, you know, I joined when there was about 20, 25, 30 people and, and left when there was about 200 incredible it was a roller coaster yeah completely what what a journey you've been on so so that was about 2015 16 that you first met steve tell us about just before we kind of come on to buddy media and, and your experience there tell us what he was like steve and dom were like at, at that time um what kind of setup and organization did they have then um and what was it like working with them them in the early days they're both absolutely incredible professionals and, and you know, that they're, they're great humans and people. Otherwise, I wouldn't have, have joined the company and, and moved moved in with them. I think, you know, during that period, we were all overwhelmed, no matter what we say, at the kind of rocket ship that we were on. Uh, and there were so many brands coming in and so many people joining the company um, that the management team was evolving and scaling so quickly that we constantly had to kind of try and restructure and figure out how we scaled um, uh, whilst not losing culture. You know, a core thing for us at Social Chain was trying to maintain culture. You know, I've got different views on on how to do that. You know, I'm not I'm not the dog, you, you know, well, I love dogs, but I'm not the bull pits and, the, uh, you know, the crazy slides in, in offices. I see culture being slightly different, which we can talk about later on. But actually what we did is is create this kind of, family dynamic of stoic delivery and it's like if we agreed to do something we would stay up until three o'clock in the morning to make it happen mad times i slept in the office with with steve um because we were trying to and catty who, who was a creative director to trying to make something go viral um which we often did you, you know 
Steve and, and Dom have both evolved massively as, as leaders, as have I. Uh, and I think when you're given so much responsibility um, at such a, a kind of young age in, in your, you know, it doesn't matter what age you are, but your experience is critical and the way that you handle challenges and the way that you deal with setbacks and, you know, emotions and, and different people's personalities, uh, that that was definitely one of the, the biggest challenges, particularly as we brought much senior people in that were much more experienced and had families and, and had been in the game for a long time. And we were trying to manage that as 25 to 27 year olds running this company. It was, it was quite dynamic. Um, I think the other thing that was really interesting was when we took investment, all of a sudden having a board to report into and being held to account of you know, if we said that we were going to hit specific goals or, or acquire certain um, channels, because obviously media chain was a huge part of, of what we did, you know, buying and building social platforms that we could then sell to, to our other brands. All of a sudden, someone had a five million pound stake in that business and they weren't our friends. They were there to make <laughs> money, to see success. Hold your and, feet to the fire. Yeah. And, and, and to support us. And I think there were so many incredible learnings that, I hope I have applied to Buddy, but equally, a lot of the things that I guaranteed I wouldn't do um, when I left Social Chain and started Buddy, <laughs> I seem to do. Uh, you in repeated my first the same mistakes. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, easy mistakes to fall back into. So so last question on this, because I'm super fascinated about this and the journey and, and everyone's kind of seen Diary of a CEO and the kind of Steve's trajectory over the last few years and Social Chain's trajectory and, and story. It's a fascinating one. Did you guys know at the early in the early days that you guys were building a rocket ship? Did you what sense did you have of what the future would look like? And did you have any idea that what you were doing at such a young age would turn out to be such a huge a huge thing? If I'm honest, yeah. You you, you know, that's why I joined. You, you know, I was a founding member of a of another agency that was hugely successful, but it was the global vision. It was the goal to touch hundreds of millions of people, not millions of people, to, to be multi-market, to, to, to be everywhere and, and break new ground. You know, our biggest mantra was, was, you know, first never follows. And the idea of like, if you're constantly doing things that other people aren't, you're never following a trend, you're creating them. And I think that's quite a, a powerful mindset to have. I think you've got to be careful for, you know, to chase trends. But actually, if you're doing innovative things and constantly evolving your strategy, you're always finding new ways to engage new customers, which means brands are going to constantly want to kind of work with you and test new uh, you know, products that you're bringing to market. Agency Deal Masters is brought to you by Bridge, the growth-focused podcast agency. We help ambitious agencies talk to the right brands through the power of podcasting. Generate leads, win new business, and increase reputation. Check out our clients' podcasts and find more resources to keep learning at bridgegrowth.org. Now, back to the show. Vision is such an exciting thing in business, and it attracts a lot of investment, it attracts a lot of talent, it attracts a lot of people to your story and, and your mission. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they were talking about the founder of WeWork. Trevor Callanis. And regardless of kind of what 
you think about his mistakes that he's made building WeWork. He's now come back into the market now. Uh, Andreessen Horowitz are funding him to almost do a kind of a, a WeWork style model, but for residential buildings. And he has this great vision for how he can change the residential market. And I think talent can be found in many places. Skills can be found in many places, but I think there are so few founders these days that have great visions that are that allow that attract people, investment, talent, and it sounds as though Steve Dom and yourself had a, this great vision for the future of social chain. It sounds as though you also have an amazing vision for Buddy Media. Talk about maybe the importance of having that big vision, that big goal, and kind of how rare it is with entrepreneurs today, perhaps? Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, Steve's vision was unrelenting, you know, and, and Steve, you know, we always used to joke because unfortunately with, with running a business, if you're not about to go bankrupt or something, you know, horrific is not, is not on the verge of happening. If you don't fix it, you're probably not pushing hard enough and you're not breaking new ground. And, you know, we always used to talk about the analogy of like, you know, you've got this whole team in your arms and you're kind of facing this dam and the wall's breaking and you're holding on and, you know, you need to look left and right and see who's there with you, you know, and, and that's, you know, there's a guy called Alex A and who, who, you know, I really, really respect and, and we work together on, you know, so well for so many years. Um, Hannah Anderson, Cathy, like everyone that was there, you know, were often the people that were just standing stoic. And I think, vision is only as good as the people that believe in it and so if you've got a vision you know it's not just about having it for yourself it's how clearly you can guide that and you know as a ceo i often have to check and make sure that my vision is as clear in my head uh you know as it is to the team um or as clear as to the team as it is in my head uh because you can get lost in you know busy life cycles of agency land and and I've got a, a non-exec board member called Neil Docker, who's the ex-FD of Potter & Gamble, did quite well with that one. Um, and he always says, start with the end in mind. And you, you know, the question that we always say to brands is where are you trying to get to? And actually the question that you've got to ask yourself as an agency is, why am I doing this? And what is my exit strategy or what is the outcome that I want to see in five, seven, 10 years? You know, do I want to IPO? Do I want to be acquired by a Mirama Group or WPP? You know, do I want this to be a lifestyle business that allows me to, to travel the world? Uh, because if you're not kind of clear on that, um, it's very difficult to work back and make the right decisions now that will impact you every year until you're at that point. Um, so, yeah, I think vision is important. I say mindset is equally as important. You know, every single person that I bring into the team, you know, one of the critical things is who are you as a person? You know, are you a good human? Do you support people? Do you uplift people? You know, negativity and, and toxic traits will impact every single member of the team. And, and you know, funnily enough, you, you know, one of the reasons why I had to fire a, a very senior person that we brought into the business was because of their inability to take constructive feedback and, and the negative impact that that had on the team. And you can have one bad egg but it could end up meaning that you lose some of your best clients or your most importantly, your best team members. And I remember uh, Steve, when we were doing these welcome 
sessions at social team, one of the new team members stuck his finger up at the whole team on his first moment. And Steve picked him up and walked him out of the office, you know, because it's like, if you allow a mindset and uh, a persona to come into the office, it doesn't matter how good your vision is. You're not going to have the right people to take you there. So let's talk a little bit about body media and let's talk about the vision of, of, of body media uh, and start with the end in mind there. So tell us a little bit about the agency. I said at the beginning of the show that you're an award-winning digital first performance agency with specialisms in luxury, fashion, alcohol, hospitality, go down the list. What problems are you solving for your clients? Who are your clients? Tell us a little bit more about the agency. Cool. Yeah, I mean, that that in itself, you, you know, the, the hilariousness of, of the way that you describe Buddy is why even being an award-winning agency, uh, you know, and, and, you know, over three, just over three years old now, you know, you can't be a specialist if you cross every single and tick every single box. And, and so, you know, what we position ourselves is a creative first performance agency now, you, you know, and that, and that ironically has changed several times in, in three years. Uh, and I think the pandemic required us to, to totally shift our offering and uh, a startup and any founder that's honest will wear any hat they're given to make sure that they survive. Uh, and it's only now that we've scaled to a certain size where we're like, actually, that isn't aligned with who we are and what we want to be known for. And so we're finally in a position where we are starting to, to you know, speak with our board and consider investment, you know, to, to scale out either to the US or, you know, launch our own tech. And ultimately, the goal is to get acquired, you know, otherwise realistically why are you running an agency uh, otherwise it's a lifestyle business right um and i think you know i want to be known as the best creative first performance agency in the world you know every single person in this industry knows that my background and my case studies and success stories have been around driving roi for clients helping them launch into new markets finding ways to outmaneuver their competition through dynamic social stunts which again a lot of those came from seed marketing and, and social chain and, and I've kind of adapted them into a performance first approach. So everyone, and, and this is why it's important with hires, you know, everyone that we're now looking to bring in, it's like, are you a specialist in creative? Do you understand how to tell stories? You, you know, do you use data to back up your creative rationales? If you don't, okay, you're not right for buddy. Equally with performance, you know, are you a specialist in, in, in paid social, you, you know, that can't just be TikTok. It can't just be Facebook. You know, how do you deliver activity across Snapchat and Pinterest? And what is your strategy for Reddit, which is absolutely booming right now? Um, and so, you know, our goal realistically is, I wish I, I could say that I had an easy three years, but, you know, the first two years um, were pretty much a pandemic, um, which was interesting. Uh, and now we're moving into a recession. Uh, so yes, the last 18 months have been incredible. Um, and I, I don't think truthfully we'll be that impacted if, if we've got the right focus with this recession, but you are certainly noticing the pressure of brands going, where is the KPI? What is the ROI on this? Um, so yeah, I think, you know, where are we going to go from here? I think the next, the next 18 months are about just solidifying the UK. I think we went too early in the US 
In fact, I know we went too early in the US because we blew a million pounds in our first 12 months. Uh, and that was why I had to move out. Um, I think the UK is still such a strong market. Uh, and it's a flagship market for for agencies that can do 50, 60 million a year and more just in here. And I think people often feel like they have to launch out to the US. However, because I live there, I built the US base for social chain out there. I do think in the next 18 to 24 months, we will be kind of launching out there into the US. It's also much bigger budgets, much greater opportunity to to kind of scale uh, and it makes you much more desirable if you want to get acquired, if you've got two strong bases in, in two different markets. I think in five years time, if, if we can hit the growth goals that, that it looks like we're on track to hit, then then of course, you know, it'd be wicked to get a payday and, and reset and go and surf in Bali for six months and then go again. Right. So give us an idea. And, and, and that's a fascinating vision, um, by the way, that you've articulated. Give us an idea of what a typical client challenge or problem is, how you creatively solve that through creativity and performance. And give us an idea of kind of how your team is structured in order to deliver on a campaign or an execution. A typical client that we'll work with, take Farfetch, for example, right? They're a luxury fashion brand. Um, They've got such a strong brand awareness play but actually they need to drive such scale because obviously they work with brands they're a partner you, you know they're a, the facilitator um just like asos to to access brands and so their margins aren't as strong as you would go direct to consumer through something like loki um they will come to us and say look we need to hit x roads and it's always outrageous with Farfetch because they've got high expectations. And so we will then go away and go, okay, what is it that we can do that's innovative, that will cut through the noise, but will also make sure that we're finding new customers. And so, for example, we use Performance Influencer uh, with Farfetch, which is a bit like dark posting. You know, we'll we'll go and identify key luxury um, fashion influencers like Patricia Bright, for example, she's absolutely incredible fashion influencer and Lux Fashion Influencer, will work with her on a creative post, will license her content, will take over her account, and then will actively target her own follower base with her own content uh, so that we can consistently drive ROI for the client. Um, and so, again, if you think about what we're trying to be, creative first performance agency, we have to come up with compelling, relevant, and contextually aligned creative, but it's only as good as the people that are going to buy that and consume it. And so we make sure that we license that and then use it to retarget her customers or her followers. And the reason why we do that is because influencer marketing, you've got a 24 hour window, right? In stories, you've got a 72 hour window, um, even with boosting. Uh, But actually with performance marketing, we can retarget people for 12, 24 36 days until we've hit them at a point where they're in a in, in a position to buy um and so that's kind of like an always-on consistent retainer that we'll do multi-market you know you can use influencers with with personas that hit you know the us and the uk etc but then you've got other brands like spotify or Matchmasters, uh which is this israeli gaming company absolutely exploding they're like candy crush uh, competitors and we just did 
this massive social activation um, in Potter's Field, Tower of London, uh, where we took it over because they're launching into the market. So their goal is, listen, how do we creatively own a moment? You know, we're arriving. We want everyone to know about it. Uh, what is it that you can do that's going to get us in the press, that's going to get everyone talking about it, that's going to ignite that fire? And then off the back of it, how do we drive mass volume of acquisition? And so they will be much more creative, big bang strategies where we're looking at key metrics like how do we get in the Daily Mail? What key talent do we want? Like we had Vern and Kay. You know, what are the content strategies that we're going to do on the day? And then what is our three to six month activation plan across all of our performance channels with that content? And as far as the team is, is concerned and the structure of the team, you, you're looking for people that have that are really creative, that can come up with really innovative, big blockbuster ideas that can kind of move people. You need people that understand social media and the new social channels that are, as you said, like Reddit, that are absolutely blowing up right now. You need really strong performance skills um, and you need someone that kind of understands the nexus of all three of those to be able to creatively come up with ideas and executions that's gonna that, that are gonna land in the market. How do you find such rare a rare breed of person um, at a senior level to come in to help you grow the business? I mean, talent talent acquisition. You ask anyone, it's it's. I mean, I say it's not my strong point. You know, I've, I feel like we've got an incredible management team, but my God, have I made some horrendous hires over the years. Uh, and the impact, the impact of making the wrong hire is literally probably three to six months of, if you make a, a senior hire that's wrong, it will hit you for six months because you've got to put the time in. You onboard them for three months. You then need to let them go, you know, if, if they're not right or they decide to leave. But then you've got to replace them. Nightmare. You've got to deal with the fallout of what you've got wrong. Um, and then you've got to bring someone else in at cost and then reintegrate them. So, you know, I, I and then it's the money that you could have made if you had the right person. So you have to factor that in as well. Um, the, you know, the fact that this person has actually cost you money by not taking certain opportunities. Yeah. Exactly. So, so like we, we've got quite a. I, I'm quite happy with with the layout. So, so like the way Buddy works is, you know, I've got my board uh, and I've got some really really incredible people that are there to guide me. You know, I've tried to select the board um, that are really really strong in all the areas that I'm I'm not right. So a commercial, you know, non-exec commercial director, uh, you know, a, a very very prestigious kind of corporate lawyer that, that I really trust. Um, you know, other people that are kind of very good at scale up uh, and, and SaaS because there's there's something in the pipeline that, that we kind of want to implement when the time is right. You know, obviously, if you become a SaaS solution visa an agency, you can 10x your, your value, which is certainly something that every agency is probably considering. But you just got to make sure you do it right and it can't easily be copied. Uh, otherwise, you can waste a lot of time. But then we've got our you know director of organic, our director of paid our business director, and probably one of the most critical things is our operations and growth director. Um, and I think you can't go and hire all of those hybrids. I wish you could, I've tried. Um, and if you do, you hold on to them uh, for dear life and, and give them equity in your business because they're, they're critical. But actually, one of the things that makes you win is knowing that when you're speaking to someone, they are absolute specialists in a certain area. 
over the last three and a half years of building Buddy Media, what strikes you as the most challenging, emotionally stressful time growing the company? And what have you learned from it? It's really weird. You know, I, I always I always say, you know, I, I, I kind of, I'm on the board of a few different startups and, and, you know, I try and do some mentorship because I think it's basically the most important thing that you can possibly do in starting a business is have a really strong or really strong mentors um, to, to kind of guide you, right? And call you out, you know, and, and make sure that you're not doing silly things. But I think, you know, I always say like people's stresses are that no one stresses is more stressful um than someone else's and so your stress nathan is your own and my stress is my own and everyone's dealing with them in the same space i think the one thing that everyone can globally align on was the pandemic um because we were only 12 months old and we just figured out what we were offering and a large part of it was social activations which required on the ground i think we just closed a 26 city tour with misguided, um, you know, after spending 12 months pitching it and doing a test activation. And I think we just won, it was a just eat activation, thousands of people. And then immediately all of it got closed. And in the space of 48 hours, we lost seven clients. And all of a sudden, because you're a startup with no funding, you know, I've not taken any funding at all. Um, Where's that money coming from? How, how, you know, you've got a team of, you know, at that point, we only had five people, but five people adds up, particularly when you've got office costs yeah. at three, four grand a month and, you know, Crazy 20, burn, 30 right? grand of overhead, overheads. Yeah. Where is that money coming from? Because we thought it was shutting down for a month and it shut down for a whole year. And really the second year wasn't fully back. So I think trying to like figure out how to survive both, personally from a financial perspective mentally from a stress level um and then also what i needed to do to innovate and pivot and and you know the, the team joke because i always say guys three more months and we're there three more months and we're there and i've said that every three months for the last three and a half years <laughs> and i'll continue to say that um i think that was that was up there um i would also say Actually, this period recently has been one of the most stressful times because I am very passionate, as you could probably tell, um, and protective of how I do things. And I, I don't know if you saw, and you know, kind of made a few industry announcements, but we hired a management team to come in, and I've had to empower four incredible people to run a business that I've built from the ground up, and it's not you know, you can't expect it to work straight away. And so we're going through these incredibly painful stages where we're building, you know, new org charts and hiring new people. And all of a sudden I'm not part of key client meetings or even part of pitches because I can't be, because I'm working kind of on the business, not in the business. And you've got to, you know, I'm sure the team will, will listen to this, but you have to let them fail to win. And you've got to let them kind of make mistakes. Um, but equally, it's your job to put the processes in place uh, and give them the support so it's not, uh, you know, jumping straight into the deep end. Uh, and I think that has been a really interesting uh, journey, particularly because we've just 
had such insane growth this last six months. I think we grew 500% based on last year, uh, this time, um, which is really exciting. But anyone that's, that's done that kind of scale up will know how stressful and chaotic it is at the same time. What do you put that growth down to? I mean, if you'd ask any agency owner, they'd be pretty impressed with that level of success and that growth. Yeah, I mean, firstly, and most entrepreneurs will have this, you know, I don't feel successful yet. And, and I think we've got such a, a mountain to climb. I'm proud of what we've done. And I think this year, you know, winning, winning the UK Social Media Awards and the Influencer Marketing Awards and, and kind of, you know, stuff with campaigning, it's suddenly gone, okay, actually, hold on, we are, we are actually getting recognized. We're doing what I believe we should have been doing. Um, but it's difficult, you know, I, I always make a joke that, you know, you, you launch a business as a CEO, but you're not actually a CEO for at least two or three years because you're learning how to run that business. So even though it's your title, realistically how can you be until you actually understand how to do it and that's why I made the joke about I'll never make those mistakes because I learned it at social chain and just walked straight in and made almost every single one of them again uh, and, and it's infuriating but I think I've got an incredible team you know Rich are one of our founding team members and you know one of the directors you know he's been stoic and, and I talk about relentlessness, but I also think stoicism is critical, right? You, you cannot give in. I, I, when we kind of had our initial chat, I talked about Babe Ruth, you know, the, um, you know, the famous athlete, the, the baseball player that talked about it's hard to be a person that never gives up. Um, and, and the reality is you can't be a person that never gives up. And that is incredible for growing a business but it has massive impacts as well uh to your personal life and, and your kind of mental health because you can never stop you, you know you are never happy with your growth you are never satisfied with what you're achieving because as soon as you hit a target you're looking at the next one and it's the next mountain uh that, that you're, you're kind of on and I think it's so nice to, to be in a position where Buddy is is winning these awards and winning these really exciting clients and, and scaling um but i wouldn't see it as success yet because when i look at our the competition and and the kind of the, the people that i want to be and aspire to um you, you know we're not even close yet if we fast forward three to five years from now let's say five years from now and the agency has been a massive success and you've been able to realize the value and and, and exit what would have had to have happened in order for that future to materialize? I want to be known for breaking new ground and being the agency that they go, you need buddy, you know, you're launching a new market. You want to recapture market share. You want to drive, you know, ROI across these markets, go to buddy, you know, they are the agency. And I think being known for that, being known for delivery, being known as an agency that everyone wants to have a beer with. It's one of my interview questions. You, you know, if you can't have a beer with you, then you, you know, you're not going to be right or a drink, whatever it is. It's just important that you have that kind of respect in the industry uh, because I think that's super important. And I think a lot of agencies promise the world and, and deliver far below that. Let's get into our favorite questions now. These are the questions that I ask all of my guests. So I'm excited to ask you some of them as well. A bit more personal, revealing questions about you. 
Tell us about a time when you failed and what you learned from that experience. I think without doubt, one of, one of the most hilarious ones was, you know, again, I'm, I'm always a, they call me the glitter crab at Buddy because I'm always positive sprinkling glitter, finding a way to, <laughs> to do stuff. And, uh, you, you know, our first client was one of the biggest global um, kind of music brands in the world, subscription brands. And they gave us a brief to kind of launch out into the, uh, the UK, Germany and, and France. And, and I said yes to all three. You know, ultimately we hadn't, uh, you hadn't even set up a company name. You, you know, we didn't even have a full team. And, and, you know, we ultimately, we launched out there. There was thunderstorms as we were flying out. So we lost all of our equipment. We arrived and all the universities as a student campaign were closed because it was Oktoberfest. Uh, <laughs> when we did get out there, we realized that, um, you know, we, we didn't have enough German-speaking people uh, and we were hoping that the bilingual uh, kind of opportunity would be easier. And then to top it all off, when we did convince someone to sign up, they didn't even have bank cards uh, and oh, so they no. couldn't even sign up. And so Nightmare. the entire week was just... It couldn't have been a bigger failure uh, and it oh was to this day it's, it scarred me uh, but somehow you know we managed to retain them uh, you know <laughs> for the other activities but it was it was about the biggest fail that you could possibly want to want to do nightmare absolute nightmare uh fascinating story so tell us about some of your early mentors who influenced your approach to influencer marketing media creativity tell us about some of your early mentors I think, uh, you know, there's a guy called Ian Forshew, uh, who's the CEO of T-minus Leadership Development. Um, just such an incredible person. You, you know, he's the kind of person that goes in and does, does the thing that everyone says can't be achieved and does it with a smile on his face. And it almost infuriates you, but it, it's so impressive. Uh, and, and he's so calm in the way that he guides people. Uh, he, he's taught me a lot. I think... Steve, whilst he wasn't a mentor, taught me a lot about vision and the ability and the, the need to think 10x in everything that you do. And, and that's driven me for the last four or five years. I think Gianfranco Rosolia, you know, very good friend and, and, and kind of mentor in terms of just guiding me on the, the importance of, of operations and delivery um, you know, he's a global head of app music business and has been there for 12 years. And whilst, you know, he's not there every day, he, he's there to guide me when it counts. And I think, again, as I said, mentors are, are the foundations of, of most entrepreneurs' success. That's, that's a great list there. Tell us about some of your favorite books. This is my personally favorite question. I'm a huge reader of business books, personal development books, all the rest of it. Tell us about some of your favorite books. I mean, how to win friends and influence people is is just an absolute, you know, no brainer. I, I love it. Um, I think Forty Eight Laws Laws of Power as well is an incredible one. Um, yeah, I think I think those two in particular stand out for me. Um, but again, Jordan Peterson's Twelve Rules for Life is is also incredible. Brilliant. Yeah, some some great recommendations there. Last couple of questions and then I'll let you go. What advice would you give to a young person or millennial who wants to start their career in a performance influencer marketing agency? I'd say remember it's not a race. 
I tried to hit everything in the first three months and I nearly imploded. You know, <laughs> building an agency takes a minimum of five years to, to hit the scale that, that you want. Likely it is that you won't be selling for 10. Um, and if you try and conquer every dragon within that first period, you'll burn out and you'll typically make far too many mistakes. I think focus on what you are good at and don't try and be every every specialism you know I, I definitely made that mistake and focusing on performance being creative first you know that is what's making us stand out as an agency and we didn't start there um be very very real with your commercials if you think it's coming in in october bank it for january you know if you think it's coming <laughs> in for january bank it for april and Good bank advice. it for 50 percent of what you think it's going to be because i can tell Great you advice. your cash flow is where it will go wrong yeah yeah love that and my final question sam what do you know about growing an agency today that you wish you knew right at the beginning of your career don't do it <laughs> <laughs> that's not true it's, no that's no I, I love it but just be prepared to, to eat glass and, and stare into the abyss <laughs> as Elon Musk says you know it is painful it's yeah. uh, you, you know it's a fickle world where it's built on relationships and you have to be prepared you're a service business if you're not prepared to serve and innovate and deal with clients not being happy um, because that is unfortunately the only time, you know, often that, that you really feel the pain, even if you're doing incredible work, then don't do an agency. Um, you know, do it for the right reasons. Don't do it to make money. Do it because you're passionate. I love coming up with social activation ideas that get in campaign live. It makes me feel alive. It makes me feel passionate. That breeds into the team and, and we win. You know, if you are trying to do it just to get rich, it will backfire and ultimately your business will, will, will not succeed. Love that. Great place to end. Sam, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Nathan. Legend. We have been speaking with Sam Budd. He is currently the CEO and founder at Buddy Media Group. If you enjoyed this conversation, then head over to Apple Podcasts where you can listen to over 170 such conversations we've had now with world-class leaders in media, advertising, and the agency space. Thank you for your feedback and suggestions on LinkedIn and email. Write to me at nathanagencydealmasters.com. Please head over to iTunes and leave us a review. Follow me on Twitter at NathanAnnieBarber. We would be unable to do this show without our very own Deal Masters. Tyler Baller is our booker. Christoph Boaszczek is our executive producer. I'm Nathan Anibaba. You've been listening to Agency Dealmasters. You were listening to Agency Dealmasters, brought to you by Bridge, the growth-focused podcast agency.